Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm Giancarlo Jangle. You stole my thing. I'm Terrius Jangleus Berry. I thought we were doing a different thing, guys. I can't believe you led me astray <laughs> once again. Why do you do this? Why do you do this every time? Oh, I'm Amanda Facosta, and I'm spectacular, or whatever. Gosh. And, with and us introducing today, <laughs> the impossible, the, the spectacular Michael Pisani. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. <laughs> Insert applause here. And in case you you haven't figured it out already, which, hey, this week you very well may not have figured it out, uh, we're doing something a bit different. We're talking about a movie this week. We're talking about Jingle Jangle. Yeah. The Netflix Uh, Christmas movie. (laughs) Right in time for Christmas. Right in time for Christmas. Because uh, I have a little complaint with all, I don't know, gaming developers and and companies. Uh, There aren't enough Christmas games. I looked it up, and there really aren't a lot. Or there are, but they're not... If you look at the list of Christmas movies, you would see that we don't need it. You mean the success... (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You mean the successful Santa Claus franchise does not have an accompanying video game to play with? There's the Nightmare Before Christmas levels in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, okay, but you know what I mean. (laughs) That's my favorite world. If you want to play Santa Claus out here delivering presents to people's houses, that's fine. All right, look, I'm just saying it's something that I noticed and I wanted to complain, okay? So now we got to find a list of Christmas games for Amanda to play. I've looked. Okay, you know what? We're not going to get into it. Anyway, hi, welcome. We're going to talk about Jingle Jangle. And um, I don't like the way you if said you didn't that. get it, we have a guest and our guest is Michael Pisani. And Michael Pisani is a good friend and beautiful person and... We will let you know what they're up to at the end of the episode. Yeah. But first, <laughs> but let's first, let's talk, talk about, about this weird Netflix Christmas movie. Um, so when we we've been talking about the idea of potentially reviewing stuff other than games, you know, like a movie or whatever, every now and then, um, and this just seemed like an opportunity. This week we had this time to do it. And we decided to go with Jingle Jangle. I will say, you know, on my end, I guess, for context, uh, I knew nothing about this movie coming in other than the name, Jingle Jangle. Uh, and it was, like, not what I expected at all, even though I expected nothing. I was just like, oh, very interesting. So I'm just, I'm curious, <laughs> uh, what are you guys just, like, overall, like, first impressions of the movie, I suppose? Well, I first saw the uh, commercial for it, and then I was just like, "Oh, oh, okay." So that seems interesting. I was like, "All right, I gotta like I gotta check this out," and I've been meaning to watch it for a while. So I'm glad this gave me a reason to actually sit down and actually like dive into it. Yeah, because I got super excited, yeah. especially all the names in the movie and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent on that. I had no idea. Um, it was like jam packed with an all star cast. Um, yeah. Uh, but a lot of it, I, I had seen a lot of shots and some little clips here and there on Twitter mostly. Um, and I, I had seen some pretty good reviews of it on Twitter. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think this was a perfect opportunity because of the lack of Christmas games out there. That <laughs> I was like, hey, man, we're going to do a, we're going to do a Christmas movie. You know why? Because we can. And I'm glad we did, because I have a lot to say, I think. Because I think. because this is your podcast. And you make the rules here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, but- so my first exposure to it was also through Twitter. I think it was um, a tweet from Kerry Washington saying to go check it out. And I was like, oh, yes, excellent. <laughs> and then when I dove in, I was also like blown away by like the, get, like, the, the star power it had. I was like, mm-hmm. Netflix did not pull punches with the budget for this thing yeah it is beautifully shot and like the number of stars i had i was like 
what the hell kind of money are you pumping into this thing? All right, yeah. for the record, when we're talking about star power, guys, we're saying this was produced by John Legend. It has music from Ricky Martin in it and somebody else helped write stuff. Forrest Ricky Martin's Whitaker in the is movie. One of, is one of the uh, lead characters. Keegan-Michael Key plays the villain. Anika Noni Rose is in it. Felicia oh, Rashad. Yes. Hugh Bonneville of Downton Abbey fame. Like, it is crazy. The little girl in it was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Forrest so, uh, Whitaker. There we go. That's his name. I'm not going to lie. I recognize a couple of faces, but I I didn't know anyone's name aside from like Keegan-Michael Key. And we're and not I was gonna... like, I know who you all are. Though. <laughs> and we're not going to forget, this is a bunch of people who have Oscars, Tonys, Grammys. Yeah, yeah these are Academy Award winning actors, performers, what have you. For real, Netflix was just like, you can spend as much money as you want, bro. Mm. And so and they that... hired these performers to tell the story of Jeronica Stangle, the greatest inventor of such, all time. Such a weird name. <laughs> a weird name, but I love it. I don't Yo, know. Yeah. I, I love so it, too. It. I, I want to name my child Jeronicus. Yeah, don't okay. do that. Okay, John, no, calm um, down. <laughs> and so he runs like a... He's an inventor, so of course he has like a toy shop and stuff. Uh, and it's kind of Christmas time. But then there's like, you know, big tragedy, big betrayal. I don't even know how much we can talk about like the actual events because they took me by like wild surprise. Yeah. Okay, uh, are, we, are we spoiling Like if you read about it, that's like basically or? like the plot. Like there's Jeronicus Jangle who's a great inventor. And then like he basically gets betrayed by his apprentice, steals all of his inventions. And then like years later, he meets. He's his, a like, shell of a man. I guess, he's a shell you know? of a man. Um, his shop is going out of business. And then he meets his granddaughter who uh, helps turn things around. Yeah, there we go. That's that's a nice a spoiler for summary. summation. Yeah, but I just want to really quick. I'm not without spoiling anything. I texted John. I watched yeah. this movie last night and it was like <laughs> 11 o'clock. I was up until 1 a.m. And I was just, I felt like I was a shell of a woman. I was i was hollowed out <laughs> within the first, like, 37 minutes. And I texted John. I was like, wait, what? What? Are you kidding? Did this, this can't, no, there's no way that this actually happened. And then right after that thing happened, I was, like, stabbed in the heart and, like, had it ripped out and then stabbed in the neck. And I was just, like, over and over. I was, wow, it ruined me. And then, you know, it, yeah, sure, it, it brought me back eventually. But, like... Holy heck, that yeah, the, was. Yeah, the the opening like uh, I don't want to. It's not really the first act, but kind of I guess of the movie. It, yeah, it's yeah. Like, that yeah. that first act of the movie uh goes a direction that I, as someone who knew nothing about it, was not expecting. Yeah. Um, same. I was yeah, and so also this movie, uh, big important context, is a musical. Yeah, I huge didn't know that either. Spectacle. Like we're talking, it was. Oh, by the way, it was also choreographed by the same lady who choreographed the Greatest Showman. Yeah, I could tell. So that, oh, that goes to show you that <laughs> the level of like musical, like musicality and like craziness mm-hmm. going on there. Like Usher sings like the think the credit song. That's Just actually to one of the shout out the choreographer by name. It's Ashley Wallen, and it is actually a gentleman from Australia. Oh, really? shouts out! Heck yeah! All right, Ashley. Um, Get it, Ashley. But, but I think that's one of the first big things that at least I would like to talk about is kind of how the, all the musical aspects play into this production, especially because, again, it took me by surprise so hard <laughs> yeah. because Jeronicus, his entrance, it starts with like this nice, like bassy, like thump. It's a cool song. And I was like, what a lovely entrance, like good entrance music. But then he starts singing and I'm like, what? wait, 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 what? I did not <laughs> sign up for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm hmm. And it, the music but, is, I, I don't, I think John Legend wrote a lot of it along with like Ricky Martin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be very wrong there, but I think I remember yeah, seeing Yeah, there that was someone else involved in song. Yeah, I was also I think there was four songwriters in total. There we go. Yeah. It felt very Greatest Showman to me, uh, the way they used the music, but the so- the music style was its own. And I'm just curious how it sat with all of you guys. Like, how'd you like the use of the music? Because in particular, there are... There are three songs in the movie. Two of them are like in- entrance songs that I was like, these are awesome songs <laughs> uh, for, for two characters in particular. Like when you first meet them, they play, they, they have their song. Um, and I thought they were great. But then there were other points where I was kind of like, why is there a song? Why is there a big dance number here? It just kind of felt like it was there to be there. Like if it was a stage musical, 
I'd be like, sure. I think originally but, it was like it was written out to be a play, and someone was just that like, makes a movie. lot more sense because really? I yeah. I, I don't know oh. where how you guys feel about movie musicals in general, but I think movie musicals are way harder to pull off successfully, at least for my taste, than like a stage musical. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Because there's something about that live element that kind of permits things like big dance numbers out of nowhere. Whereas yeah. in a movie, I feel I'm, like I'm kind of like, why is this happening? Yeah. But I think, that might like, just be me. Yeah, no, like I get that. And like I'm, I'm usually a big stickler. I'm just like, why is there music here if... Like the plot isn't about music or some yeah. like a reason for someone to singing. I'm a little more forgiving of this just because uh, one, the story is being told like it's a story. Yes. So and like because everything else in it is kind of like magical and fantastical. I'm like, all right, you can get away with it. Kind of like um, like a a Christmas carol kind of thing where it's just like I don't know why you're singing, but I like what you're singing, so you can keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Sure. Um. I mean, I personally do enjoy a good, a good movie musical, uh, <laughs> keyword on that good, but literally like as soon as the first number started, uh, like I, I had the same, a similar reaction to John where I was like, oh, this is like a musical musical. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So I was totally on board with it. Um, I will say there were maybe like two songs that I was just like, this is unnecessary. This doesn't have to be here. And I'm yeah. like, this could have been maybe even put somewhere else and I probably would have been more comfortable with it. Sure. But then the fact that the where it was, I just found I didn't like that. And then also how they, how executed. it was directed and how, yeah. yeah, how it was executed. And I was like, oh, now it just feels like, okay, you threw this in here to throw this in here and it was not necessary. It was a good song. It's super cute. I get that. Mm-hmm. And then it was a reprise later on. I know I exactly like, oh. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how cute. Like, okay, I get it. Like, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that one I was, I, I wasn't on board with, but which one honestly, is that? Um, journey's journey song, the second, her second one. In the oh, show. the square root of possible. Yeah. yeah. And it's, oh it's, my it's, God. It's, wait, <laughs> I want to talk about that. When we get the chance. <laughs> oh, the when we get the chance, I oh. want to talk about the math. It's <laughs> all magical math, bro. <laughs> listen, listen, Ridiculous. I thought it was a, I thought it was a super cute song and I think she also, her voice uh, is, it's beautiful. Oh, yes, and and yes. it, I, I don't know. I thought she was, I think she did such a lovely job. The song itself though, I was, I, I, I thought that might've maybe that elsewhere. honestly might've been just like something where, because like little girl's known for like her singing, she was on Broadway. Maybe. She did like national tours, yeah. like in sure, sure. And, so I, and I totally get might have been a thing where they were just like, we need to have her sing. Like this is a thing. But she did sing. She sang before that. She sang she did, at the very yeah. beginning when they introduced her, and I was like, now that 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 got me a little bit. Um, Not to go on a tangent about the actual music before we before we get to Pisani's thoughts, uh, but I do just want to like footnote here and say that. I think vocally, everyone's performances were like very good and impressive. So I did not know Forrest Whitaker could sing. Yo, uh, I was so confused. I did not know Keegan Michael <laughs> Key could sing, and Keegan oh, Michael Key has a great song. But I was like, yeah. Forrest Whitaker can sing. Yeah, that Forrest Whitaker like did just like broke my heart in the best way possible every oh, yeah. time he opened his mouth, and then when he started singing, I was like, Why? I'm so like I can I can listen to this all day. All day. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about, about Forrest, Forrest in a moment, a but too, uh, yeah. like, anyway, <laughs> dude, dude did not uh, phone in the performance, despite whatever you might have to say about the material he's working with. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> I think he went all out on what he had. Oh, hundred percent. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I re I, so yeah the songs. I really enjoyed them a lot. Um, I didn't. There wasn't anything that really stuck out too much for me that didn't feel like it should have been included. The square root of possible song that the girl sings, <laughs> her second song that we were talking about. I for me, it kind of served as her "I Want" song. Yeah, which like every like little heroine in like every musical ever has one. So I was like, of course, okay, this makes sense that this is a song. I just didn't. It it wasn't. It wasn't quite strong enough. Yeah. Of an I want, like, it was very, it was, it It felt felt written in a way that it was made to, like, this is hopefully going to be one of our breakout songs, like, from The Greatest Showman that will get radio Mm -hmm. play and will get some money from it. Whereas, like, 
it didn't it didn't feel as plot progressive or character development as yeah. some of the I want songs from like classic musicals like the one that comes to mind for like a, a young heroine um, is part of your world from the Little Mermaid. It tells you exactly what she wants in detail. Um, whereas this felt it felt more general to me. Like she's like, I wanna help my granddad, but also yeah. I wanna be awesome, and I'm gonna be awesome. Just you watch me, because the square root of impossible is me. <laughs> I agree, and I think that's kind of the only place. Well, maybe not the only place, but that's like one of the places where. Um, it kind of fails musically. Like, I love the songs. I love the way that they sound. Like, I love the genres of the music. Yeah. Like, I was just like, this is like this is my shit. Like, this movie yeah. is for me. But um, you can definitely tell that um, for a musical movie, it wasn't really written by, like, a composer who does musicals. Hmm. Like, uh, usually you'll have, like, um, somebody who, like, does, like, Broadway credits and stuff like that, like, helping design the music for it as well or like helping to get character progressions and all that other stuff so like maybe i don't know they don't know necessarily how to build it as well um to yeah, like move plots forward musically like they know how to make it sound good and they know how to like polish a theme but like character wise i don't think um they know exactly how to push it forward yeah it's hard Absolutely. especially with um how they had a the director of the film was the writer for the script Mm -hmm. And then they had the four songwriter team working on the songs. So my guess, I don't know exactly how it worked, but my guess is that the, the director and writer wrote the script and was kind of like, here's where I'm thinking the songs should go. Whereas yeah. like with a Broadway musical, it's all kind of being written at the same time. And oftentimes the book writer who writes the script is also the lyricist. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, lo like, a little bit more of a, a well-blended marriage theme. between Just like help things. me out. And I also think, um, not to be like a, a huge downer on it, but I think part of the reason that songs like that, like I found that the emotionally heavy songs, um, not all of them, but a great majority of them, the ones that are supposed to be kind of like these big character things, were the weakest songs in the show. Uh, and to me, that kind of reflected the script overall a little bit. Like, Michael, you mentioned how like the, that song in particular is very like general. And, like, the script is very predictable aside from, like, the opening act. You know, it's it's very generic but with a, with a unique flavor, if that makes sense. You know, how are you unique and generic at the same time? But it's, like, it's the, it's just you, you know where it's going, but the way it gets there is kind of a little more fun to watch, I suppose. Mm. Um, and so, to me, that was one of the weaker aspects of it. And that's why I kind of say, like... You know, people like Forrest Whitaker and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the actress who played Journey, but like what pretty much all of the main cast uh, put in like really strong performances. But a lot of times, like when you listen to the stuff you're saying, you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like this is yeah, I... the little girl's name was Madeline Mills. There we go. Mm -hmm. Madeline Mills. Very talented. Yeah, there were definitely um, when it came to the music or, or just, I guess, the story in general, there were definitely very like cliche moments where. But, you know, that that. For that me, smells Christmas, but... baby. It's, yeah, it's a Christmas yeah, film. Like a, well, exactly. Like, that a super was no issue for me. For me, it was like really cinematic... just this one song, and the lyrics, I was like, uh, this just didn't belong there. I also think this is, and it's super nitpicky. It's super nitpicky. And literally, we're we're all actors, or, you know, we all, we're all within the theater realm. So we, we have some knowledge, and some of us, you know, we do short films and films and uh, whatever. You know, we, we do things, okay? But I'm not saying we know all. I'm not saying that We do at things, y'all. So we do it. We, we do what we got to do. But down. look, I'm not saying like our word is God. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just, these are opinions. I am saying but... our love is God. <laughs> okay, we get it. <laughs> hey, theater, hey, we get hey. it. Anyway. Um, I am the, just that one song, Madeline Mills, her song. Um, it was, I thought it, it could have started exactly where, where uh, that shot had ended with the grandpa walking away and her at the desk with the stuff. But mm -hmm. then it didn't. It it they they changed the shot and she was now sitting by a window, laid down on the thing with the thing, and I was like, Oh, you lost me. 
you changed <laughs> it and you lost me. And then, and I love, look, I loved her. She had a dance break in the middle and I was like, hell yeah, you have a dance break in the middle. Show me what you got. And she did. Okay. And she, she owned the performance and it's nothing to do with her. It's just the song itself. The way it was, I guess, I don't know. They, it just they just like use the work. they use the songs more for spectacle than exactly. uh, nuance. Sure, yeah, and I mean, some songs, yeah, some songs. I think they're like I think like the introdu- uh, introductory songs for a character, certain characters, was very good. Um, and I think also the fact that the opening song was also an introductory song to a character or two. Um, mm-hmm. But it was also the opening song. I think that actually meshed pretty well. Yes, yeah, I sure. agree. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I think just overall, though, I, I everyone did do a fabulous job. So it's really, mm-hmm. again, it's just a nitpick that I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. why are you here? I if like I can, it, but damn it, why? <laughs> if I can throw out one ultra small nitpick as well, and it's just, it's like a thing of the genre, but that always bothers me, unless you're doing like Les Mis where you're singing live or something. Uh, I just hate that, like, the obviously, like, the obviously this sound is not coming out of your mouth right now. Like, it's not even lining up well, like, sometimes. Especially during the, the opening auto-tune. number, it took uh, me yeah. off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It gets better throughout the rest of the movie. But I That's was like, oh, just, man. Like, like, he would stop talking and his voice would still be singing uh, sometimes. Like, yeah. he would start interacting with another character and clearly saying something else that, like, is not in the music. The glee auto-tune. God, Yeah. <laughs> But there were uh, some moments, sure. Other than that, I mean, other than that opening number was the most egregious for that. After that, it gets fine. Um, but since we mentioned the spectacle aspect and all of that, I'm curious because I know personally, a lot of the like huge ensemble dancing in the street, I'm like, this makes no real sense other than you want a dance number here. Uh, but something that did make excellent sense that I loved was at a few points in the movie, there are some backup dancers that get acknowledged. Uh, (laughs) it's like, what? Backup dancers? And those backup dancers were like the best part of the movie. (laughs) They were phenomenal. Incredible. I also, that was the song that they appear in and get pointed out in, Miles and Miles, was by far, hands down, my favorite song. Yeah, same. Oh, hundo percent. That was fantastic. Her character, uh, we can get to her character later, but wow, I love her. <laughs> and then they come back and he's like, they are dancers. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. But yeah, yeah. man, um, um, especially with like all the dancing and stuff, like my, like I threw suspension of disbelief out the window just because it's a Christmas movie. And sure. I was just like, if I can't forgive like people flying around and like, <laughs> magic science but like like i get mad at people dancing in the street like i got a problem yeah yeah i yeah no i i especially with with movies like these and and even like disney movies like you, it's it's for pure enjoyment like i'm yeah. not here to sit down and be like this isn't real people can't talk to robots and people can't fly and toys do not do that and like no shut up get over yourself Spanish and just toys sit down don't and enjoy the damn solos. movie like it's it's literally just to have a good time, you know? And also, being that all of our backgrounds are basically in theater, I'm like, look, the number of times that I've seen people actually just break out into dance numbers in the middle of the street is more than I should be able to count. It's very true. Honestly. It's very true. In real life. And yeah. sure, sometimes it's just a meme or it's a joke, but it freaking happens. Guys. I do it all the time, bro. Like, it happens. For no okay? reason, bro. And is it because of theater? A hundred percent. But you know what? I it, it, it just, it serves its purpose. It does. It, it just ties it right back to like, hey, this is a movie musical. We are, you know, paying homage to theater and its roots. And this is what it is. And it was beautiful. And the dance numbers, they were all killing it. They were in sync. They were serving it up. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I thought, mm, Mm. And then they had kids throughout, like scattered throughout, and the kids they held their own right they next sure to the did. adult dancers. I was like, "You yeah. bet your ass, they were kicking it, dude." They, oh, God bless, God bless. <laughs> I certainly think, uh, performance-wise, they they did a a crazy killer job. I don't I don't know why. It's just like sometimes I was watching it, and I was like, "Let's move past this." And I maybe it's just the fact that like 
the when you look at the ensemble size, it's literally like a Broadway ensemble size. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I love watching that in real life because it's physically happening in front of you. Like, you know, it's not edited. Like if they're doing a good job, like, you know, that's impressive. So maybe it's just for me, like if you're going to move it into a movie medium, you need to do something that then like reinstills that, you know, that amazement that you get from watching it live. But, you know, knowing it's edited, knowing it's not live, I kind of want like a, you know, like almost like a crazy big ensemble if you're going to do that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. doing uh, like formations with their bodies, like a la, I guess, the producers, like uh, (laughs) (laughs) Springtime for Hitler, which even though that is like a a Broadway ensemble, just they kind of use that space a little better for the film, at least in the movie, you know. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. saying? I I get what And I... I had a moment um, like that when I was watching it where they did something cool with the medium that they get to use with film where um, they had these two dancers like kind of like almost catapult themselves across the screen, do like a, yeah. a flip oh, in like yes, slow-mo, yes. which was mm-hmm. like, you can't do that live, obviously, because yeah. you can't slow down the human body in space. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you can't. Um, but... <laughs> But, like, that shot in particular made me think of, like, that was a really great creative use of the medium and the dancing. And, like, leave it to a movie to make, like, a snowball fight look super interesting. Dude, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was was great. That was definitely one of my favorite parts. Like, especially when they started breaking out dancing. I was like, hey, hey, get it. (laughs) Started getting up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think overall, yeah, uh, the spectacle of it. It's a big part of it, you know, and that's yeah. just very similar with theater. It's all it is most of the time, especially with musicals and big musicals. It is they rely heavily on that spectacle, you know, yeah, it's big so and I cheesy think, and heartwarming. Yeah. Basically all you really want in a Christmas movie. Yeah. And since yeah. we're talking about the spectacle, I just want to take a moment to shout out the production designer, Gavin Boquette, the oh, set man. decorator, Rob Cameron, the costume designer, Mark Michael Wilkinson. Who I looked at Michael Wilkinson's um, the costume designer's uh, credits. He's been doing a lot of the um, DC films, um, yes. so oh. he's been doing a lot of that stuff. And I went back further in his credits, and he costume designed the classic of my childhood, Sky High. Hey. <gasps> That's really cool. Oh my gosh! So if you're for a the fan record, of guys, Sky um, High. the um, when, as we're bringing in like the production and stuff, so this film kind of takes place in like a steampunk, yeah, Victorian England kind of thing. Oh, which is really kind of cool to me. Absolutely, and that's um, next big thing, and I think maybe the strongest aspect of the film is uh, the overall, I, I guess, the visual, like the the design language. Yes. Uh, I thought it was gorgeous. I mean, their use of color, because like it, it is brightly colored, but it's not yeah. obnoxiously so. Like it, it feels natural. It never while feels still out of vibrant. place. Yeah. 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 It's kind of dulled tones, but they still stick out so well. Yeah, lots of purples and greens and and stuff like that. And then even just looking at like the set pieces and and the props and everything. Like at one point, I was thinking, I was like, this feels like a weird mix of like. If you took like that uh, live action cat in the hat and then oh, threw in a little bit of like, I don't know, like like either Tim Burton or like Jekyll and Hyde to like darken it up a little bit. Like it just it, it was such an interesting style that I enjoyed it, particularly one machine that came out. I was like, I could see the cat like spewing something purple out of this. And I kind of um, like how they took the CG and they like. I mean, obviously, you knew it was CG, but like, yeah. it wasn't like jarring where you're just like, oh God, what is that? Like, oh, yeah, no, the CG and the stock well composite incredible. Well, oh, yeah, and, and that's the other element that there are these segues in between because since this is being presented as like a kind of like a, a fairy tale ish type thing, like someone telling you a story, a lot of times by you hear. Felicia Rashad. Ooh. Felicia Rashad. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And while she's narrating, a lot of times there are these kind of. Um, they kind of look like wooden puppets, I guess. Uh, like animations and then eventually that fades into the actual setting and those looked absolutely gorgeous i loved them those were some of my favorite parts i thought yeah. they just yeah. handled mm-hmm. that so well Certainly. it made the credits a pleasure to watch because they brought that element back into the credits which i yeah. always love to see what they do like with the design of the credits of movies which yeah. is yeah 
100%. Yeah. And it was kind of nuts because you knew exactly how, like, how it was going to end. Like, when I first saw her, I was like, all right, yeah. I, know, I know exactly what it was going to leave. But, I, like, it was still, like, almost brought a tear to my eye. And I was like, why? Because I think like, I called this from the beginning. But, like, still, it's just, like, <laughs> kind of gets I don't you. know. I was kind of, like... There were some there were some things that happened. I was like, I I wasn't expecting it. Um, well, I just meant I, just like the I do very, have a like the thing that we learned very say. much in the end, and it was just like I called that like some of the stuff. In sure, the middle, I, I like, also oh. have a complaint about the end, but um, it's okay. somewhat spoilery, so like I'm not sure like how to address it. But the the children find something out at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, about the story <laughs> that they're being told, uh, and. <laughs> I was just Greece. like, how do you, how do, how do the children not know the thing they find out? Yeah. Because, like, you look out their window and yeah, you know. That, that was the, no, okay, so, like, I could kind of, like, I could kind of get away with, like, the the first part of that where they just didn't know and it was like, oh, what? Like, yeah, but, like, the fact that they just like, oh, by the way, look out the window and you just see, like... <laughs> A castle outside. It was like, yo! And I was like, I never saw this before. And I was just like, alright, bro. Like, you gotta- Maybe these children have been locked in a room. Maybe we have to call um, child services. It's, oh, bro, it's cloudy in Victorian England. What can I say, man? Honestly, like, when that happened, I had the same reaction. Um, I thought maybe, like, they were visiting their grandmother for, like, the, the season or something. And, like, they had just happen to not notice maybe the curtains are always closed i you know i you know sometimes you you just try and give something but honestly yeah i remember that moment and i was like excuse me how did you just that that part Um, was just like a little too much but yeah but the moment that i'm actually talking about is more of a a narrative thing Um, i i think i think you and i have the same complaint but go ahead yeah um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say this as spoiler-free as I can, mm-hmm. but it's basically the end of um, the story of Jeronicus mm-hmm. Jangle, and, um, he gets you know, beheaded it's when... And, uh... <laughs> yeah, you uh, know... Like... Game of Thrones <laughs> style, baby. <laughs> it resolved. Um, I can't believe you people. Uh, yeah, and so, it's, um, you know, everything is basically... There's just something that was said by jangle to the apprentice and i was just i got upset because i was like there is like if you had just um it 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 basically came off as like or at least how i took it it's like you just have to be patient and then you're good and i was just like like, give me i paused the movie i paused the movie at 1 a.m and i was like what because look for that and many other reasons i have beef with Geronicus Jangle. I mean, I didn't, oh, get me Jangle I didn't really take that as a, like, a, you just have to be patient. I took it more just like a, it's like, bro, all you had to do was wait kind of thing. And right, then he was just sure. Like, and but now, even that, now like, you're goofed. But that poor assistant was so put upon at the beginning of that exactly. movie. Exactly. That yeah. was not their yeah. fault. That was not at all yeah. the apprentice's fault. That was a whole, look, because you, and they, they set that up for you too. They showed you that from the very beginning. Like, hey, he is being ignored. He's kind of not. And although, yes, Jangle did care for the apprentice, which you learn soon enough. Um, but it was like, dog, really? Like, you, you, come on. Like, that, you. I take And umbrage. also, I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. No, it's okay. And also. I, go ahead. No, you want to go? Go ahead. Go ahead, Masani. <laughs> the thing is, I take umbrage with the fact that the, what you're alluding to, that he cares, that it shows that he cares about him. Bringing up a tray of food away from the rest of the people that are eating so that way the person can then eat in a separate room does not, to me, show that you care and are, like, inviting <laughs> them into the family. He's like, here's your tray of food. You can eat up here while the rest of me and my family eat downstairs in the kitchen or wherever. <laughs> there Sure. And like, there were just moments like that where I was like, listen, I understand. Like, sure. It was like, hey, you just had to wait, which also I just don't think sends a good message to children because I'm like, they're like when I mean, not that the apprentice was a child at the time. And I think was asking. He was a young man. He was a young man. Asking for a simple, like strapping young simple Simple advice from someone he looked up to and just wanted to be seen and had been essentially working for this person. And just, you know, and also they, I don't even blame the apprentice at one point because I'm like, they were completely manipulated and just (laughs) not like, listen, Ricky Martin. The silver tongue of Ricky Martin. (laughs) And look, I just, that was just one moment that upset me because I was like, 
really? Like, come on. I, I understand waiting and patience is a virtue and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to kids, I think that doesn't send uh, the right message, especially, you know, kids just, yeah. they're kids. They don't know better just yet. And I guess teaching them, hey, patience. I'm like, okay, I'm an adult and I well, also have not that maybe I should get some more. I mean, okay, to be fair, like, it was a present for a specific date and time. So, you know, if you had waited like a day, you would have gotten... (laughs) I mean, sure, but the way that The Apprentice was treated, they didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like... There was no way for them to see that. I think there's definitely wrongdoing on on both parts. Oh, yeah, no. Of course. course. I don't think it's it's not absolved. We're not (laughs) defending. Well, we're not, we're not defending him. I just, just think, I just like, as, think a, that as a it, character, it equal... like, Geronicus just, like, happens to ignore people. Whether, because yeah. like, yeah, he just I, gets I, so I, caught yeah, up I... in his own things, and it's just, like, a recurring thing. So, like, I get it, because, like, sure. it kind of felt like um, the kid was being treated that way, but at the same point, I think it was just, like, a the other guy was just being absent-minded. Then he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, come on Sure, down. but you can't blame someone else for a fault of your own. You know what I mean? Like you can't. I just you know, don't think the sucks. reaction was proportional to the uh, inciting yeah. incident. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yes. All right. I was just upset. I was just upset <laughs> in that moment. You. I feel you. I feel That's you. That's all. But I, un- I yeah, I'm not saying I'm not defending the apprentice. I understand what they did. Then they were super like. He he got screwed though in the end. How like, dare you keep? He was Michael basically Key. just a catalyst for this whole thing. Like it easily could have been avoided. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But then without that, you would not you're, have the story, I suppose. You're very well justified. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the way Jangle reacted to all of that. I mean, I know it was like one thing after another and he was getting hit and hit after hit. But then. Yo, I don't know. Who, I, I found it to be kind of realistic. I thought it was one of the most. I was so realistic. It was just like, bro, like, I can't do this. No, no, no. Yeah. But the part as look, as someone I, I, I. I'm a very much family-oriented person. I love my family. I would do anything for my family for the most part, unless you know they do something stupid. And like I'm, you know, I'm a person. I have a mind. I know, but I love my family, right? And so when there's something that happens in the movie within the beginning, that's like, oh snap! I personally would. I think I would have enjoyed being closer to my family, surrounded by my family, to you know get through that hardship. Whereas Jangle said, I don't think this is gonna work out. I think, I, I think, think you should. Do you know go. what I'm referring to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, huh? I was like, huh? I, Who? Here's 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 my th- thinking on it because um, I think it's it's a heartbreaking thing to see, but I don't think it's unrealistic. I I think that would actually be a very natural response to that trauma for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And it was more like it's a whole, it was more like a place out of like love. We was like it was basically him saying like I'm not I'm good gonna, enough. I'm gonna like, I'm not good enough. I'm gonna hold you back. So you should just go. Yeah. It it came across to me as that tortured genius trope that we see play out in like all sorts of other media as well. Like it's this He's this brilliant guy, and then something bad happens, and then just descends into this darkness. And I, it makes it, the way I just said that, makes it sound like this is not a lovely family film, and this is a lovely family film. Show your children, show your kids, show your families. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. But, no, no, but yeah, I don't know. I And of course, everyone responds differently to grief and all this stuff and whatever, but I was just like, that moment... And I mean, it did a good job because it it killed me as yeah. someone who, you know, is big on like relationships, especially within family and stuff like that. I was like, oh, no, no, you can't. I was just like, no, like you can't. And then there was this one line that I, I, I can't say it because it will spoil it. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, no. And I started crying at the very beginning. And I was like, no, but but it's OK, because then at the end and there were yeah. things that happened and there was that badass duet that i was like oh. kind of not sure how to feel about make it for work. a second yeah but then yeah. i was like you know what screw it i'm on board with this duet and then i started crying mm-hmm. again and there were look i cried a lot more than i thought i was going to last night i don't know if it was just something i needed to get out but i felt great at the end of the movie <laughs> i'm so glad that song was in the movie because it was one of my favorites and when they first introduced anikononi rose's character at the mm. beginning of the movie and then like she like she had like a whole scene and then she didn't sing and i was like 
you're telling me they have a Nikononi Rose, the voice of Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog, and they're not going to have her sing? Excuse yeah, me? In my notes, I have, like, in all capitals, where is Anika's song? Thank goodness it came at the end. Otherwise, I would have been very upset. I, I actually do want to ask how you guys felt about the end of the movie, like, kind of the emotional end, because uh, I found that the kind of, the inciting incident that is not even present throughout most of it, but you know is the thing that's going to get kind of, like, that they're moving towards resolving at the end. Yeah. Um, between some relationships and stuff like that. It, it's so weird because I don't know how I would have done it better because it's, I guess because it's a Christmas movie, but it felt very rushed to me where I was like, that's that's all it took and everything's like, we're, we're good, we're square, we're fine. Like, I don't... Did anyone else yeah. feel that way, or am I just being like me? Not I don't know. necessarily, <laughs> because like at the same point, like the inciting thing is she made, she did just like all right, I'm gonna send my kid to you. So like yeah. I feel like if you didn't have at least like some like if there was malice there, she'd be like you're never seeing my kid. That's ever. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But again, that was like one of those. It just felt like, like it sped toward the end once we got there, and it was yeah. like okay, cool, they're gonna do this. And that'll be good. And uh, and then we can I, wrap up all the other storylines. They could have... There were... I think there were parts in the middle that could have been trimmed for the sake 100%. of then expand... Like, expanding on those, like, yeah. healing of the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... Like, because the movie kept me very engaged um, mm-hmm. for pretty much the entire thing. But somewhere in the middle, and I'm not exact... I can't exactly remember where... I kind it kind of lost me for a bit, and I got mm-hmm. on my phone, and that's when I know that like, okay, they probably could have cut this scene, right? Because then I like came back and I was able to like pretty much understand like what I had missed. I was I still watching, t- but like, yeah. yeah, I can't tell you exactly what point it is, but I th- I think we're pretty much on the same page there because I dozed off for like two minutes and then woke up and was like, uh, and then a, like a little while later I was like, okay, I'm back in. But yeah, there's there's something in the middle where it just kind of like I'm like, what's why? Yeah, I yeah I, I don't I the movie runs at about two hours. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think it could it could totally be a little shorter for sure. Yeah. Uh, things could be snipped here and there. Uh, there were moments for me like just nitpicking, but like there were some beats or like they wanted it to be a beat, and then like the shot was just on this one person for a little too long and i'm like you just snipped moments like that where i don't look i got the facial reaction i got it i got the emotion i know how they're feeling mm. but moments like that i think could have been snipped maybe a few minor very moments that also just didn't add or take yeah. away i'm like you could you know snip that too and yeah. i'm and i'm not sure how necessary the kind of like act the like the like beginning of third act action sequence yeah was i mean obviously because it's geared towards families they're trying to give you like something like really kind of like eye-popping and engaging for like the youngins that are watching yeah but for like a more mature person the character act interactions at least for me are the most interesting parts of watching a film sure so i think i think that also kind of not bogged it down, but held it back just a little bit in terms yeah. of like that character, like development growth in that relationship uh, where it comes together at the end that we were looking for. I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that action sequence felt like quite out of place for me. I was like, why is this it a Christmas did, movie? It, it did afford Forrest Whitaker's character a nice moment of growth. Yes. Which yeah. for me, if that hadn't been there, then definitely... It should have been cut, but with that moment, I was like, okay, that moment alone is is enough of a moment for me sure. to justify that all being there. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, unless you guys have anything else crazy to talk about, I think the last thing I would just like to hear from you guys on is the math of the movie. <laughs> I'm not got one more thing I want to talk about, but we could talk about the math first. Okay. It was ridiculous. The, the math. The magical math. Ah, uh, yes. We're finding square roots <laughs> of possibilities and, like, <laughs> doubling <laughs> spectacularities and stuff like that. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I, I, I really thought about some of this math. Um, and one of the, one of the things in, one of the lyrics in, um, 
the little girl's song, The Square Root of Possible, she sings about the square root of impossible is me. And her name is Journey. So if the square root of impossible <laughs> is, is the journey. journey, you need two journeys to make the impossible happen. But there's only one journey in this movie. There's only one little girl named Journey, so the math doesn't add up, friends. Dang. Unless it's Journey's journey, right? Mm. Oh, also, I like, double how, also like how they point out, like, in the like the the titular characters are in the name of the movie. Because it's, what is it, Jingle Jangle? Jingle Jangle, like, A Christmas a, Journey. A Christmas Journey. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Look at that. That's cute. Um, you know, listen, as someone whose favorite, uh, I don't even know, uh, subject in school was math. Not that I was any necessarily like very good at it. I see your faces. You are surprised. I don't blame you. I wasn't necessarily <laughs> good at it. I just, I, I <laughs> look, I'm not claiming to be like a, a, like a genius. Okay. I'm just saying I enjoyed math the most. I don't know why I did. I just did. I will uh, say while the math is completely preposterous and ridiculous, I wouldn't expect anything less from someone who invents things that are magical. Correct. Sure. And like yeah, are we he's really basically like Santa Claus. Butter? This is this is what goes through Santa Claus's head when he makes gifts, kind of thing. Where I'm just like, yeah. this is dumb. But, but the like, thing is, okay. the sure. the and the inventions don't get like because everything has like somewhat of a plausible like yeah. understanding in like science until um, the invention that the granddaughter helps fix. Yes. And then you're like, oh, this really is magic stuff. Because like at first know, you're like, like maybe this is just really kind of like. How did like, this happen? I, I I had enough of a plausible deniability where the, like the thing that brought um, the that first in, like incredible invention like into working condition, I was like, okay, there's some sort of liquid like substance that is running this sure. thing, this yeah. energy source. And I was like, okay, but then the, the the stuff that happens with the 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 other invention that's spectacular, yeah. I was like, oh, now I, now this is real magic. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt the exact same way, and so like, I don't you know whatever like say the flimble flamble of flormble dormble is magic, and like sure that's fine for like the magic of the movie. I don't care. The the one reason I guess I thought so much about the math is because it is given such a prominent place. Yes. And you literally see some of the equations yeah, that they're writing. And, like, for the most part, these are, like, actual equations, but just, like, nonsense. And so, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things, like, I like I hate watching, like, oh, I'm hacking into the mainframe. And it's, like, they're just running freaking, like, the terminal. Uh, and I, uh, that's basically what this was, but with math, where I was looking at it, I was trying to be like, oh, what equation is this? And then I was like, wait, I'm absolutely wasting my brain power trying to calculate anything <laughs> yes. out of... Um, absolutely you know, it, nonsense. Yeah, so it, I, I was a little like, okay, but then once once I accepted it, I was like, it's cute, I guess, sure. Uh, yeah. But at the beginning, I was really trying to be like, what equation is this? What are they? What's the hidden meaning? But there was none. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know... For me, it's that overall message that's just like, just believe a little bit. That mm-hmm. always gets me. Yeah. Um, which might sound stupid, but I don't know. I think I've been on that I since Karap for the rapper. So I believe home. I'm with you. I yeah. It's just such. I don't know. It's just such a powerful thing, and it's like all you gotta do sometimes is like you really do just have to believe. And I don't know. It's. I know some people think that's silly, but I don't know. Also, just as actors and stuff like that. How, we gotta, we gotta believe. The, that's part of our job. Our job is just believing in so many other things, you know, just <laughs> in the characters that we build, believing that we're gonna get this job, believing that we're, you know, theater's coming back in May. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, yeah. there's a lot to go into this. A ringing so, emotional tonality. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like this, there are several moments in the movie that reminded me of like Polar Express, and Polar Express holds a very uh, close place in my heart. Um, so I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it hit home. It, it, it got me. It got me good. It got me real good. Mm. All right, and then like the last thing that I want to bring up, I guess before we do like a judgment, which is like the biggest thing for me 
in general. Because I know we pointed out all these names and stuff. But um, for our viewers, for our listeners at home, viewers, uh, for our listeners at home who don't recognize any of these people, everyone who we named is, well, except for like a couple people, everyone's like black. Yes. Like, this is a mm. super like colorful cast. Um, even like in the ensemble, like it was mostly people of like various races and stuff. This is a huge star studded cast. And like, I really like it because it's a film that has a black cast, but like, it doesn't have to be. Yep. Which is like and if a, I- a huge, huge thing. Um, especially like as, uh, as an actor of color and a performer, where it's just like, we finally have stories that can be told by people of color or of anyone where it doesn't Mm -hmm. specifically have to be a black person telling this story. And if I can just point out as well, because that, that was actually, um, one of the things I noted and I, I just, I abandoned my notes a while ago, so I I forgot to bring (laughs) it up, but, um, the cast is is incredibly diverse. Again, not because they have to be, but just as a, I, I suppose, a, a decision they went with. And when you look at, uh, especially like a lot of shots of like around the town, and you look at, uh, it, it almost plays in with the, the design and like how colorful everything is here. You look at everyone, and it is a mixture of different kinds of people. You know, it, yeah. it is diverse, but it's not. Uh, it's not, you know, just like African-American people like, you, you know, you can see a, a blend of mostly in the ensemble. Um, but at least to my eye, it seemed like there were a lot of like Southeast Asian people in the cast as well. And like mm-hmm. lots of other different people of color um, that gave it that kind of richness and, and life uh, without feeling like a like they weren't flaunting it. Like it was just a, a yeah, like it wasn't like forced. It, it was real. like this is just a thing. This is natural. Exactly, exactly. And and I thought that was a wonderful thing and thank God you brought it up. I can't believe I would have you been kicking myself for Definitely tell it. Um like and like definitely incorporated it in the music and the dancing. Like again, one of my favorite parts is there's a snowball fight that happens and like when the kids start dancing, they start hitting moves like their yeah. childish Gambino or like the straight like African like dancing, like jiving, and I was just like, Yo, this is sick. But, like, nothing really felt out of place with it. It was just like, why is this going on? It just felt, like, cohesive at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Really it felt enjoyed. natural to the world that they had established. Yeah. Yes. Through the film. Yeah. And and I don't I don't know. Uh, oh, well, John Lander was the producer, but who directed this? Um, The director was David E. Talbert. I don't know who David E. Talbert is. I don't know if he is a person of color or anything, but... Like, it bleeds through in the decisions as well, like, uh, a lot of the music choices as well. He's very uh, much a person of color and a playwright. Makes sense. Um, but, you know, some of that, uh, some of the songs, my favorite songs, have kind of, the, like, that deep, funky bass line for some of them that I just, I really appreciate in music. And um, it, it, it feels unique because you have these voices um, that usually are maybe not making these creative decisions first and foremost uh it it gives it that unique flavor which i enjoyed uh apparently you know, he really likes music writing was good it was excellent christmas movies too bro because yeah i was yeah just exactly looking at that. <laughs> i'm looking at like a list of them and like his last three things are like almost christmas el camino christmas jingle jangle a christmas <laughs> journey hey man when you love christmas you love christmas yeah. i don't know why i love christmas that much but oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have... yeah I... go ahead um, I wanted to talk about something while I was doing, I was like looking at the production credits of everything mm-hmm. and something stood out to me um, that I thought was really interesting. I just wanted to bring it up because it made me chuckle. Um, Ricky Martin had a dialect coach for this film. <laughs> <laughs> Which wow. I found hilarious because it just sounds like what? Ricky Martin talking <laughs> like Ricky Martin. Yeah, I wasn't exactly clear as to I saw that and I was like oh was Ricky Martin doing a a specific dialect which maybe that's not Ricky Martin's actual voice maybe he just always has a dialect coach now that you found that funny also another thing I want to point out just because like everyone in this movie has a British accent except Forrest Whitaker but it's only because Forrest Whitaker is notoriously bad at British accents Yep. 
Like the last time he did one, no one has forgiven him since. So they were just like, you're good, bro. Just talk like you usually do and we'll make it work. <laughs> but I think it's interesting. Um, I, I mean, not that it's a huge deal, but also like while I didn't notice that, it didn't like stick out. I don't know. Like it felt fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Any other last little things from you guys before we move into our vote? Hmm. Not that I can think of any right now. Um, I wrote down a specific line. It's not a spoiler line at all, but it just stood out as my favorite line of the entire film. It's uh, from my favorite character, uh, Miss Johnston, which if you watch the <laughs> yeah. film, you will... I just... My heart soared whenever she was on screen. Just incredible. Um, and her, my favorite line of hers is, Grandchildren are like children, except you can give them back. Give them back! I've heard that so many times too. Like that's great. Yeah. Uh, um, well, in that case, I guess we'll move into our vote. In the case of Jingle Frickin' Jangle, how do we vote? So this one was a weird one to figure out for me personally, just because I was like, how, how are we evaluating, you know, like the movie in terms of. You don't have to buy a ticket to go watch it in a movie theater. All you need yeah. is a Netflix subscription, which if I you don't have this... one, you hopefully know someone who you can like mooch off. So we can either rate it as like a, a watch it or don't watch it. Yeah. Or like a, if you want to buy, who buys DVDs anymore? So I guess it's yeah. mostly a watch or don't watch. So I, I watched it with my brother. And so I think like my ultimate rating scale for a movie is like if I would watch it on my own, which I do frequently. But, like, if I would watch it on my own as a movie, I think that's, like, the positive recommendation. Um, And so, ultimately, what we came to is I think there are aspects in this movie that I really enjoy. Um, uh, There's a couple of songs in there that I love. Uh, I think, visually, it is a a really great, great, great style. And I think all of the performers um, really give it their all. But I found that the script writing really kind of let me down. Even though it was a Christmas movie, it just didn't keep my attention that much. Um, And so at the end of the movie, I asked my brother. I had my rating in my head. I was like, out of 10. And I asked him, what's your rating? Because I was just curious how he felt about it. Uh, And we actually both had given it a 4 out of 10. Um, But like a good 4, if that makes sense. So my recommendation is like, if you want like a new Christmas movie to watch with other people... Watch this movie. But if you're like, I want to watch a good movie on my own, I don't think that this is a movie to watch by yourself. Uh, so in that case, I'm going to be a Grinch and say it's a do not watch it, though, with that, like, disclaimer, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can agree with John in certain areas where I'm like, uh, certain, you know, there were plenty of moments throughout the movie that I was like, okay, this is dragging along a little bit. But it always did pick back up. Um, I do believe it could have been just a smidgen shorter. Uh, some of the moments in the script I just didn't agree with or some choices, some directorial choices, I guess I just didn't agree with. Um, but, you know, overall, I do think the movie is fun. I think it's a great family-friendly Christmas movie. And if you're looking to add something new to your list and you enjoy music and you enjoy just fun you know, movies, I think, yeah, you should definitely give it a shot and watch it. Um, I was not expecting to be so moved by the story, especially because I know it's like pretty cliche, but I mean, I already told you that I liked like Polar Express and stuff like that. So you probably think I'm just a big old crybaby. Not that I cry during Polar Express, but last year I did. Um, But that's not the point. The point point is... Not that I cried, but I cried. Okay, because years I hadn't cried, and then I was actually part of the Polar Express, and then I watched the Polar Express, and then I cried, okay? It's the whole thing. (laughs) But point is, jingle jangle, I do think I I wasn't expecting what took place. Uh, It caught me, and it caught me uh, a lot of moments, but the music is fun. The performances are absolutely brilliant. Um, And as someone who, uh, you know, loves, you know, family-oriented stuff and stuff like that, I think it's a good move. Um, and if you have a Netflix subscription, it's like, you know, hell, why not? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Also, we didn't talk about this, but the relationship between, the, like, the father-daughter relationship always hits me really hard. So that got me, too. Uh, yeah, I cried, like, five times. So that's all. <laughs> that's that's all. <laughs> um, I'm going to say um, 
maybe besides like musically, this movie's not gonna win awards. But um, when it comes to like Christmas movies, most of the time, unless you're like really sappy and into like a Hallmark movie kind of stuff, most of the time you're not gonna watch a Christmas movie by yourself. Um, sure. This is definitely a fairy, uh, family oriented movie. Um, I remember after watching it, I literally, like, I just finished it, like, 10 minutes before the podcast, honestly, <laughs> and I immediately, like, as soon as I finished it, I had um, messaged well, one of my friends, and I was like, you should probably watch this with your family, like, pretty cool, um, if you like spectacle, it's all there, um, just, like, if you don't look at it from, like, a critical aspect where you're just like, mm, that doesn't make sense, and you take it, yeah. like, for the value that it is, um, it's a fantastic movie, um, it's definitely going on my list of christmas movies that like i would watch like every year which is a very short list just because i don't really care about christmas movies like that um but i thought it was fantastic um obviously uh, there's a lot of like ridiculous things going on but i think because of the medium that they portrayed it as and because it's a christmas movie and it's a story within a story like you can kind of get away with a lot of that so i'm gonna say you should watch it so, yeah, for me, I definitely really enjoyed the film. Um, it was a really good one. I Like, the spectacle alone for me, and I, I watched it on my laptop. So I give this a should you watch, I should, you should, I give it a you should watch. Um, and you should definitely watch it on, like, a larger screen than like don't just watch it on your phone or your laptop yeah. because you want it on like a nice a big of a screen as you can so that way you can really enjoy the visual detail that the artists have crafted into this movie um really enjoy the spectacle of the choreography um and all of those beautiful colors that they present through the design aspects so it gets a definite watch from me especially if you already have a netflix subscription or you have access to somebody else's netflix hey yo um, so yeah it's a definite watch for me i think it's and it also for me could almost be watched any time of year yeah i, Christmas I forgot to bring this up because not Christmas that is like there yeah. it's just kind of in the background it's the backdrop but it's not Christmas isn't the plot. So yeah. like you can kind of watch this. Like, did anytime anyone at of year any well. point actually be like, yo, but it's Christmas? Well, um, did, I know there were moments assume. where it was like, oh, uh, she's gonna her mom was gonna pick her up oh, like, yeah, on Christmas right. Eve or something like that. Yeah. I know um when Keegan Michael Key was trying to sell toys and stuff like that, it was like, Oh, you know, wake your children up with this under the tree and pa pa pa. Toy maker of the year, toy maker of the year, toy maker of the year, toy maker of the year. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so but other than that, yeah, this is really yeah. You know, yeah. watch it whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully agree with that actually. This is a great film to take the family, you know, put it on a nice big screen TV, have some hot chocolate by the fire, a nice bowl of buttered popcorn. Yeah. And just, uh. So, in the case the of Jingle Jangle, you should watch it, though. Nah, but for real. Um, I'm, about, I'm probably <laughs> about to go make my mom watch that. Aw, yay. It's a cute movie. It's cute. It's cute. Yes. It's cute. Yeah. I guess my the official cute rating. Um, but, like, a good cute. <laughs> it's a yeah. good cute. Yeah. That's cute. Not, no Benetato's cute. Nah. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, oh, Benetton yeah, right, would you're definitely you're right, you're give right. it his cute rating. Yeah. I know he sure. would, but yeah. he's not here, so we don't <laughs> talk about it. He's out. Uh, in case you guys were curious what happened to Nick Benetton, Amanda has forbidden him from uh, coming on the show because of the cutes. She uh, yeah. she physically um, attacks That's him why he every hasn't time been he, around he comes anymore. the microphone. He's, he's dead. Yep. 100%. Oh, but guys, um, for the record, if you really enjoyed this and um, some movie reviews, let us know. Uh, this is definitely something we were trying out. Um, but if you guys like it, we can continue it. Give us a little bit of break from the video games, even though yeah. uh, you came here for the video games. If you enjoy this as well, let us know, because uh, well, I had fun doing this, at least. Please oh, do. I, I, I have, yeah. I've been dying to do this, and I know, um, like, Soul is coming out, which is another Christmas E movie. Oof, that's going to be And good. it's by Pixar, and Pixar is like my f- favorite movie makers of all time so give me reasons uh, i'd love to talk about that on the show with you guys i'll do book reviews too let's go no i'm kidding oh man i would love like a forced excuse to uh to have to read more 
Nah, because um, I only like one book genre, and I would hate having to read anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, if I have to, if I'm being forced to read, I won't read. But yeah, I'm, okay. If you guys enjoy this, uh, I guess tweet at us. Let us know on social media. Um, if you want to see us review anything else too, let us know, and we'll we'll consider also let that. us know what you guys. If you watch it, let us know what you think of the movie. Please, yes, um, please on our twitters and handles and all that other good stuff. Um. And if you have enjoyed this episode and you're interested in supporting the show, uh, we have links in the show notes for our Kofi, our Patreon, all of that. You get access to cool, fun rewards on there. I also want to give a special thank you to our uh, founding parents, Adriana Alarcón, Juan Sorrilla, Will Williams, and Bear, Giovanni Sorrilla, Andrea Jimenez-Neste, Claudia Costa, Marshy A., Jerry Benetados, Katrina Scott, Carolina Riverol, Alejandro Alarcón, Alexia Wild, Giovanni Neste, Daniel Utset, and Zenobia Ash. Uh, thank you all so much for your support. And um, thank you for your if support. you've enjoyed Even our shenanigans here. we have that here, many supporters, please yeah. also help us support because we still need money. This is expensive. <laughs> we do. Uh, and if you've enjoyed everyone here who's hanging out right now, all of us will eventually be on episodes of our other podcast, Dungeons and Drimbus, uh, Series hey, 2, hey. Hunt for the Florida Man, is uh, releasing now, and we are all officially in sessions together. So, uh... Uh, wow, it's a wild time. Please consider going to uh, check that out. But Oh, Michael, besides Dungeons & Drimmus, what are you up to? How yes. can people find you? Um, the people can find me um, at michael.pisani on Instagram or michaelapisani at um, Twitter. Um, you know, I'm doing this. I'm with y'all. So <laughs> that's kind of what I've been up to. Other than that, uh, Miss Rona had other plans for me. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. Uh, I've been dying to get you in on one of these. Uh, it's always a pleasure just yeah. getting to talk to you. So. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let us know if you have. And uh, we'll talk at you next week. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> I'm not Palazzo, but I definitely tried, you know? Sorry, we'll I lower your voice. Counts. I appreciate it. I think you just, you really have to eat them. Goodbye. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time here at Should I Buy It Though? Is that the Grinch? I'm not sure what it was. I got a little Jim Carrey Grinch. Ooh. We'll see you next time. What about that? All right, yeah. Bye.